Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Most people don't think of technology when they think of the ideas of pleasure or enjoyment. And yet, technology plays a significant role in how we find pleasure in the modern world. If we think of things like television or movies or computers, all of that is technology and it is a, an important part in the ways that we find enjoyment or leisure. At least is what Oscar Julin and Barry Brown argue in their new book, Enjoy Machines. So today on New Books and Technology, we're going to talk about what the meaning of pleasure and enjoyment is and how that relates to technology. And we're going to talk to one of the authors, Barry Brown. This is New Books and Technology. I'm your host, Jasmine McNeely. One of the things that we like to do on New Books and Technology is always, always, always get a view of who the authors are, right? So give us some of your background. Who are you? <laughs> where, where? <laughs> Tell us a little about yourself. Thanks, Desmond. It's really nice to, uh, <laughs> to be on the podcast. Um, so uh, myself and Oscar, we're old friends, mm-hmm. uh, as often uh, when you work together on a on a book project, it's, it's a good thing if you uh, if you know each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, we uh, both, myself and Oscar, work in this area of human computer interactions. So we spend a lot of time thinking about the connections between humans and technologies of different sorts. Um, uh, 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 Oscar um, works in Stockholm, and when we uh, met. I was at University of California, San Diego, um, and we both had this interest for a long time. We had felt that if you look at if you look at people using computers, they seem to use them mainly for things like games or Facebook or things that, in different ways, seem enjoyable. And so we um, we thought to ourselves, wouldn't it be kind of nice to see if we could look at this side of this side of all these kind of complex technologies that we were working with. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, I'm, I'm, you can probably tell from my accent, I'm Scottish <laughs> originally, um, uh, but got swept over, as many people do, to, uh, to the United States. Um, and Oscar, um, uh, Oscar, uh, through that time, stayed in, stayed in Stockholm. And in fact, actually, after we, just after we finished the book, um, Oscar invited me to join him at, uh, at the research centre that we both now work at in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's cool. <laughs> so what, before we get into even the p- particulars of the book, um, you mentioned that you were interested in studying or that you do study um, technology and how people interact with technology. And I just wanted to know if you could perhaps give us a, a definition of what you all consider technology. Is it a very narrow definition or is it a, a broader definition of what to be considered technology or machines, as you call them? Um, yeah, it's. Uh, so some people take a very you know, wide view of that word because, you know, you can think of writing as a technology, can mm-hmm. you? Um, and uh, that can be that can be kind of quite useful to, to think about it that way because 
you know, writing comes along and things like the printing press come along and um, you might know the, you know, the history of these different um, communication technologies um, are up to the present day. Um, in the book, though, we, we, we um, are talking about what, we, what can I get loosely get called information technologies. So, of course, the mobile phone is one that um, perhaps some of your listeners might be using right now to listen to the podcast. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, but we, uh, for the purposes of of uh, keeping things brief, we tend to drop the you know the information technology and just focus on you just call it technology. Um, and actually, one of the things in the book is that, that we talk a little bit about is how um, there's with things like technology, there's lots of competing definitions that you can have, and you can spend a long time getting wrapped up in defining all you know. Is this technology or is that technology? Um, and sometimes that can be a bit misleading. Our, our our approach has always been just go out and see what people themselves are saying or doing, and see what makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really the motivation in a lot of the a lot of the book. So the book is enjoying machines. Why enjoying machines? What is the <laughs> you know goal behind the book? So um, if you look at the, the, the book, so there's um, in the book, we go through all sorts of different uh, different activities where people enjoy themselves. And so in the uh, one of the first chapters, we jump in and we look at uh, people hunting elks. Uh, so Oscar, <laughs> Oscar spent time uh, uh, with hunters in the in, in the north of north of Sweden um, and they use well, they use one of the most perhaps uh, for a, for a Scot- Scotsman anyway, one of the most scary of technologies, one of the most scary of machines, mm-hmm. and that's guns. Um, and they spend their time in the, uh, in the forest um, hunting animals. Interestingly, in, in Swedish hunting, which was a, a thing I learned with working with Oscar, um, you're only allowed to fire the gun once hmm. uh, during the whole hunt. So they, they, they work with the hunt to, to try and make sure that they, they fire the gun Correctly and, and and at the right time, but they're using these um, these rather scary uh, machines, guns, but they're also using GPS and they're using walkie-talkies and they're using mobile phones and they're using the internet. Um, so when we when we when we're coming to decide what to call the book, we wanted to to make sure that we weren't leaving too much out, uh, that we could think about really the ways in which um, all sorts of machines are kind of saturated in how we enjoy ourselves. Okay. Now, you talk about pleasure or enjoyment, right? And I would think that most people wouldn't connect usually the word pleasure with technology or machines unless it's being used in kind of a a lurid fashion. So pleasure (laughs) and machines, how do we, how do, how do you all get the connection or make use of this? You know it is. It's true, isn't it? When we think about these things, you tend to um, you think about work, don't you? You think about oh, you know, uh, when people say technology, you say oh, you know, I have to go and use this spreadsheet, and maybe it's not going to be so much fun. <laughs> um, so, but we, we, you know, if you look though the 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 big new technologies that that people have have started using in the last ten years, well, the two biggest ones are the mobile phone. Um, and then also the the thing that people spend a lot of time using their mobile phone for, which is Facebook. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and Twitter and the, and the like. So you're seeing now, I think this is, you know, the thing that really made us kind of inspired us to write the book is that before we used to think of technology and machines as being these things that were in factories, these things that were in the office. And if they were at the home, then maybe they were, maybe they were just there for, you know, doing the, the home accounting. But now pretty much all of us in our pockets have these machines that we're playing games on, that we're contacting with friends and family. Um, we're actually using them to enjoy ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we felt it was time to really kind of try and take that center stage. Okay. Now, the idea that pleasure is social is one that, that runs throughout the book. Pleasure is a social, um, plays a social function or is a social activity. Um, and that tech assists with this seems to run kind of counter to popular ideas about how tech has made us antisocial, right? So I was wondering, mm. like, how um, how you all get to the idea that tech is, in fact, social. When we have some, we've had books, you know, Bowling Alone, um, uh, various other books about, you know, the rise in certain kinds of technologies that are making us lonelier, more depressed, and, you know, basically antisocial. Yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit of an industry now. Is um, <laughs> this kind of? Uh, uh, I, I, of course, it talks to um, talks to these worries that come along whenever there's a new technology. We worry that the um, that the, you know that these things are making us lonely. They're they're atomizing us. Um, the you know bowling alone um, uh, Putnam's uh, uh, work was was talking about the television, mm-hmm. um, and of course at the time when the television. Uh, first started to get prominence. People were really worried that it was tearing apart the family. It was making us lonely, that uh, we wouldn't be having any social interactions with others, that we would maybe be losing our friends. Um, now, the thing with that is that I think it's a little bit conservative to think that that's all about a thing, like a technology that's causing that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, actually, lots of things are going on in, in, in our contemporary world, and some of them may mean that you know for example we get to spend less time with our families and friends but i'm not sure if one can pin it on the television Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure one can pin it on the mobile phone or or the laptop computer so actually what we try and do in the book is go out and look and see well what are people actually doing with these um with these devices and so um oscar spent time uh uh doing field work on uh people who ride motorbikes um and they're kind of an unusual bunch of people, it turns out. They uh, spend their time driving up and down highways in these big, expensive motorbikes. But one of the things that surprised me is that we didn't think of them as being a very sociable group. But they actually spent a lot of their time on the internet arranging where to meet. Because mm-hmm. it turns out that if you've got one of these bikes, what you really want to do is show that bike off to other people. <laughs> and the way you can the way you can do that is by uh, meeting like-minded bikers online uh, and so uh, he looked at these web forums where people would arrange to meet and indeed right. actually Oscar built um, built a technology that would run on your phone that when uh, when you were on your bike and you drove past another biker um, you would you would exchange a picture of you on your bike with them and they would get a picture of you so you got this little little social wink that you could do as you drove past them on the on the motorbike oh, wow. so <laughs> um all, all through the book, we look at these different places where uh, the internet or mobile phones or 
different technologies have been introduced. And we find actually, maybe to a little bit to our surprise, that they're not pushing people away from each other, that actually in some cases they're bringing people together, like with these uh, these motorcyclists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the things that I think is important to note for everyone is that the book involves very interdisciplinary research. So it's not just from one um, field of study say a human computer interaction, but that it, it, it in, includes research from economics, psychology, leisure studies, and perhaps you could like detail um, like why that's an important um, part of your study and then your, your program. Yeah, I know it's a good question. Um, uh, because we're not the, the first people to, to, to look at enjoyment um, uh, in, the, in the last few years, particularly in economics, um, there's been this kind of interest in, 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 in working out why people are happy, when people are happy. And particularly in, in economics, there's been a movement to measure happiness. So there's these um, worldwide happiness surveys that are done where um, essentially what they do is they, they go up to different people and they ask them on a five-part scale. How happy are you? Are you unhappy? Very unhappy? Okay, uh, very happy, and, and so on. And so they've built up these uh, happiness maps of the world where you can look at different countries and see how happy they are. Um, this, I mean, this, this is a kind of, this is a really interesting move, actually. And I think for economists, it was a big deal because they'd got used to this idea that you could uh, look at different economies and you can just look at them in terms of um, how much money was getting generated or who had the money where and when. Um, and it turns out there's this, there's a little bit of a paradox there that the, um, that actually sometimes more money might not necessarily make individuals, families, households, cities or countries any more happy that actually there's other, other um, uh aspects of life that are that are intervening so we uh we read this work and we thought this is this is interesting isn't it this is kind of a kind of what may perhaps what you wouldn't expect um but we're trying to see well the first question we thought was well what is happiness here Mm -hmm. what what is happiness for for different people before we jump in and try and measure it maybe it might be better just to go and have a little look at, at what happiness is and so as there was this kind of absence um we 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 give us an opportunity to go and look out, and actually, so and and in the book we spend most of our time going to the different places where people enjoy themselves, um, and trying to see what it is about those things that 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 that, that make them enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as, as you said, the thing that comes through time and time again is that the enjoyment is social, um, and the thing that really enhances. Uh, pleasurable activities, be it going on a fairground ride or um, being with your family or even watching television, um, we do them collectively with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do give So me... there's other, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the, the, so the, the, we draw a lot on economics, and uh, but I should actually say that neither myself or Oscar are economists. Um, mm-hmm. We both um, are have a training in the social sciences, but also work designing and building um, computer systems and different technologies. Um, we work in a research lab that uh, designs new sorts of mobile devices and new types of mobile software. So we've always had this interest in building software, building machines, if you will, mm-hmm. as well as studying how and why people might like them or enjoy their life with them. Mm-hmm. 
And you do give a, 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 a range of examples, uh, the graphic examples in the book from, from the deer hunting or elk hunting to the games and gamings and also um, in talking about tourism for enjoyment. What was the importance of having these ethnographic um, qualitative examples in the book? I think that it comes back to this thing about we don't really maybe think of technology as being enjoyable when we first think about technology. And there's a, there's a large literature out there which is very critical about um, the impact of technology. And I, I think a lot of it's very well, well-researched and well-based but the the sort of negative impact it's had is that seldom is technology designed with a real close attention to uh, enjoyment. Perhaps one of the only exceptions is, is is games. But just to give you an example, one in one of the chapters we spend um, a long time talking about um, the ways in which technology and family life go together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd uh, we'd been spent a, a, a quite a bit of time trying to design technologies that might make families work bit better and we, we we worked on a system called the whereabouts clock which was um it was a it was a, just a, a clock that would sit in your kitchen which would tell you where members of your family were um and it was a really sort of simple it was a little bit like a kind of harry potter uh style device um and it would just when we put it into families' homes, we found that the one thing that families really liked about this was that it chimed like a, like an old grandfather clock. And it chimed when uh, family members would go from one place to another. And it gave them this lovely feeling of um, that everything was as it should be, that the family members were getting to work at time, um, that they were coming home from school. And we thought, as we as we worked on that project, we thought, well... Isn't this interesting that this is a technology that's actually supporting family life? It's supporting the family be a family, um, and uh, particularly uh, particularly for those who worked at home or uh, were at home uh, helping with childcare, the clock worked as a as something that like, gave them a connection, um, and they got great you know they got great pleasure out of this connection that they had to the rest of the family who might have been distant and in some cases. Uh, when families were separated, there was quite a large distance between family members. Mm-hmm. So, again, it was this this thing, if you start thinking about enjoyment and technology, it gives you, it opens a little door to think about, for example, how a technology might make a family, um, might improve family life. We don't normally think about things like that, do we? Even though, if we think about something like Facebook, one of its big roles is as a family technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you're talking about in enjoying machines. You're talking about pleasure and how technology adds to pleasure or has been used for pleasurable experiences. And it reminds me of this. Um, I don't know if you've paid attention to a lot of the memes that are going on online. And it's like an updated Maslow's hierarchy of needs <laughs> where, <laughs> where <laughs> now added to Maslow's hierarchy is Wi-Fi. Right. So for people to <laughs> to have pleasure, one of the things they have to have now is um, you know, access to the Internet and obviously mobile as well. But I was just wondering, like, you know, that's a joke, but at the same time, it's very real. So technology is not just used for pleasure, but it is kind of a necessity um, in, in the minds of some people to 
function, not even going to the pleasure state, but to function. So I was wondering. I remember it. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, I remember when the, um, and I'm sure you'll, you'll you'll remember yourself when the, when the first mobile phones uh, got into prominence and um, we were all really quite worried, weren't we, about what was happening with the mobile phone. And, uh, you know, um, I remember one of the kind of uh, one of the stories I heard was uh, that there was a a, a famous uh, sports personality who was on a train and he he was speaking very loudly into his mobile phone uh, and he was annoying everyone on the train uh, and then his phone started ringing. So, so he wasn't on a phone call. He was just uh, he was just pretending to uh, to make himself sound popular. And you get these stories that happen. I think when you get new technologies like Wi-Fi, um, because we worry a little bit about well, what are they doing to our social life? What are they doing? Uh, are we becoming dependent on them? Is is this the new like you say the new new thing that we all need? We need Wi-Fi, or we we can't function. Um, I think we have to be a little bit sceptical because it sounds a little bit quaint now, doesn't it, to be scared of the mobile phone? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it, you know, as people in the time were scared of the impact of television, it doesn't mean we shouldn't be sceptical. And I think um, particularly around issues around privacy, uh, we really have to be concerned and, and, and active. But also we have to make, make a realisation that a lot of these technologies are making people happy. Um the uh, the reason why we maybe go on Facebook is perhaps not because we're dopes or that we're addicted. <laughs> maybe actually we just quite like hearing what our friends and and family are doing. Right, right. So, uh, enjoying machines. You all set about constructing or creating a what you call a new program for studying and enjoyment. Right. I was wondering, like, could you explain why that why that's necessary? Um. So here's the here's the puzzle, and 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 maybe your more uh, academic listeners will be thinking this, uh, and maybe you think this yourself. To look at enjoyment isn't very serious, is it? <laughs> there's a, there's a certain lightness to it that that maybe makes it a little bit incompatible with academic study. Um, I uh, I mean I've I've done a lot of policy focused research over the years and my, my kind of policy focused colleagues were very skeptical when I said I wanted to do something on enjoyment because, mm-hmm. you know, there's major social problems of inequality, of prejudice, um, uh, structural issues to do with, to do with the world that they need addressing. So it can seem a little bit maybe naive to, to, to look at enjoyment. But I think the, 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 the challenge then is that there's, the academic problem of seriousness mm-hmm. that while enjoyment is actually for many of us, the reason why we get out of bed and many of us, first thing we do in the morning is check Facebook or look at, look at new memes. Um, this seems a little bit incompatible with our desire to be serious. And, and, and at least for myself and Oscar, who, who, who are academics to be serious academics. Mm-hmm. So we, we felt that we needed to, uh, we needed uh, a sense a little bit of a different program, a different way of going about academic work to try and overcome this and try and take enjoyment seriously because it is a serious thing. If you look at um, when uh, people in, in developing nations, when they get money, when they get a little, uh, a little bit more resources, the first technology they buy isn't the – they don't necessarily buy books. They don't necessarily buy um, – uh, uh, you know, things to help them in work. The first thing they buy 
is a television. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because the television is such a great and easy device for getting pleasure. Uh, you can put it on at any time of day and you can hear sounds and, and, and images from all around the world. So, well, of course, I think we need to be uh, uh, cautious and skeptical. I think we also have to acknowledge the importance of enjoyment in our world. Mm-hmm. Now, have you found or do you find that because your uh, program of study is an interdisciplinary program, do you find pushback, I, I, I guess would be maybe one of the words, from various other fields that are traditional um, say leisure studies or e- economics or um, psychology because of the interdisciplinary nature or the multidisciplinary nature of your program. One of the, uh, yeah, one of the, one of the uh, t- disputes that we got into was, uh, I mentioned earlier the work that we'd done on um, family technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things, if you look at the, um, the sociology of the family, which is one of the areas that we've worked a little bit in, um, it's, it's rare for anyone to acknowledge that there's anything pleasurable about family life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, really, because, if, of course, if you talk to people who have a family, then, then often they'll, they'll acknowledge, of course, no one's family is perfect, and there's all sorts of difficulties one has. But also, the chance of having children is one of the great pleasures of our lives. Mm-hmm. But it's almost absent from from much of the literature on 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 the family, and as I said, we we put it down to this um, in part this academic problem of seriousness that that it it doesn't give you great uh, gravitas to talk about the pleasure that one gets from from family. But we think it is really fundamental to understanding the motivations. Indeed, why would anyone have a family? <laughs> in part, it's surely because of the great. Uh, pleasures one gets from from being close to uh, one's children and one's partners. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you talk about when you're talking about how you all were creating this new program for study and enjoyment is that you wanted to invo- avoid uh, some specific things. And one of those was called the philosopher's problem and that you didn't want to like make these categoric definitions of experiences uh, of pleasure or enjoyment. And I was wondering if you could talk about that for a minute, because I think like when people think of enjoyment, they think of, you know, certain things pop in their head or what pleasurable experiences, some certain picture or pictures pop into their head. So why would you want to avoid that? And we should, uh, we should talk a little bit about the, uh, when one sometimes thinks about enjoyment and pleasure, well, one, one's mind might wander to the um, sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we should we should definitely talk about that in a minute. But before I, I jump into that, um, uh, the the philosopher's problem was well. Here's the thing: when you're doing academic work, you want to make sure you've you got your definitions right, don't you? And you want right. to um, make sure your you know your terms are, are properly properly defined. And that was one of our first puzzles when we were writing this book. Was there's a lot of different words you can use here around um, around pleasure and enjoyment. So there's pleasure, enjoyment, well being, um, satisfaction, um, and the philosopher's problem is really that should one spend the time defining all these terms? Is that the most important job? Uh, to do, mm-hmm. and we find we find we find great uh, great assistance. There's actually a, a, 
uh, there was a philosopher who helped us with the philosopher's problem. Uh, there was a philosopher called Gilbert Ryle who wrote a very nice piece on on the on the the condition of enjoyment, and he put it this simple way: he says, "Now, if you've got a you know something that's complex, like so, think of like cricket. There's lots of different players in cricket. There's the batsmen, there's the bowlers. You know, there's all these different people who are involved in cricket." But if you want to understand that game, you've got to understand cricket. You've got to understand how the whole thing works together. And as he writes, he says, if you want to understand enjoyment, you can spend your time chasing the variations between these different words. You can work out what's the difference between well-being and enjoyment and some other term. But maybe the real thing is just to try and engage with the whole enterprise Mm -hmm. because we're not we're not confused or surprised with the idea of enjoyment if someone says to us oh i really uh i really enjoyed the cricket match yesterday um well i wonder why anyone would say that but if someone did say that well, one wouldn't one wouldn't be too confused would you you'd understand what it uh, what it means and i think that's um that's kind of key it's really you've got to understand the whole enterprise so the philosopher's problem was all this we didn't want to spend our time working on all these definitions. And we decided in the end, the way to find out what enjoyment was, was to go out and participate and listen to and talk to people enjoying themselves in different places. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we've been talking about enjoying machines. We've been talking about the terms and, and the interdisciplinary nature. But one of the things we've instituted on New Books and Technology is called the elevator pitch. And the elevator pitch is, say someone had just tuned in now to the podcast and, uh, or maybe really just started listening right now, whatever the case may be, you have one minute to tell them why they should buy the book or go to the library, otherwise read the book. Why should they check out Enjoying Machines? Ah, oh, good. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we will enjoy ourselves. It's maybe one of the biggest motivations in our life is is pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, we might think of ourselves as being serious or intellectual, but also we are beings that enjoy ourselves, and that's what motivates us to do different things. If we look at the way that we enjoy ourselves today. Technology is such a constant part. We go on Facebook or we play a video game, or even if we're walking in the country, we might, uh, countryside, we might take out our phones just to check where we are using GPS. Even the, uh, the American military who tried to put satellites in the sky to track ballistic missiles found that the actual main use of GPS was people enjoying themselves, tourists trying to find where they were. So we enjoy ourselves, and if you look. Hi there. Sorry, did I did I get cut off? Yeah, yeah. You you put me on hold, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, I think uh, I had a I had an incoming call, so that's why I um it, it went on it went on hold. Uh, so yeah, I think I I got as far as uh uh saying that yeah, we 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 enjoy ourselves. Enjoyment's a key part of uh of our lives, technology is this essential part of enjoyment. And um, in this book, we really just wanted to go out and find out why do we enjoy machines so much mm-hmm. and where are the places where we enjoy ourselves with technology. And so we look at games, uh, we look at family life, we look at tourism, we look at all these different places where we're, where we're enjoying ourselves with our technology. 
Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> so what's next for you both? So I think um, we've got, we've got more and more interested in the, in the mobile phone. And I think it's, it used to be that when we thought of technology, we thought of the laptop or the desktop. And now I think that's all, that's all fading away. And now it's the, the mobile that's, that's more and more important in our lives. Um, and we are, we are really, um, uh, we, a lot of the discussions around mobile phones are talking at length about how we're being distracted by them and how they're disturbing our lives. So we, um, we really want to kind of try and look at that head on. So we're spending a lot of time now looking at people using their mobiles and looking at all the conversations that start because people have mobile phones, looking at the ways that mobile phones are making our lives more enjoyable. And that's, enjoyable role it has in our lives Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so where can people find more writings from you all do you have a website or sure um the best place to check out is if you go to www.mobilelifecenter.org and that talks a little bit about that work there Mm -hmm. okay well this has been barry brown one of the authors of enjoy machines along with oscar julin And Barry, thank you for coming on New Books and Technology. Great. Thanks, Jasmine. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you very much. And have a great week. 